fall upon earth to bind their spell. Ere to speed its travel well. Black spirits and white, red spirits and gray, hearken to wine spirits and witches this day. Hello and welcome to Wine, Spirit, and and Witches. Witches. This is Shauna and Monica and we are your high priestess for this evening. This is our fourth episode and we are going to call this Ask Estrega. It's um, a segment that we're going to try and do about once a month or so where you guys get to email us questions, experiences you want to share and anything in between where you want a witch to weigh in on it. Right. And we're calling it Ask Estrega because we are stregas, which is the Italian word for witch. So it's basically like witchcraft, but with spaghetti sauce. Lots of spaghetti sauce. Yep. And tonight we're not doing wine, but we are doing spirits. I'm actually drinking White Claw, which is the spiked seltzer water. This is the first time I've had it. Um, And it's nasty because I tried it and it's nasty. Thank you. Monica thinks everything is nasty. It's really hard to feed this woman anything. Yes, it is. Very picky. But I like my rolling rock, and that's what I'm drinking right now. But she wants to call my drink nasty. It is nasty. But rolling rock's basically sparkling water. No, it's clear, crisp, clean beer. That's what it is. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. To each his own, I suppose. Um, I didn't even actually want to drink today, but I felt like I needed a little bit of a pick-me-up because I feel like I'm still a little tired from Friday. We both attended the Grand Witches Ball on Friday night, and it was a lot of fun. And it, it was tiring, though. I was real tired, but it was it was awesome. I love seeing everyone's costumes. It was The costumes were amazing, especially our manager, Griffin, he went over and above and above the Call of Duty. His costume was amazing. He looked he, amazing. He was very, very extra. Absolutely. He was the Wicked Witch, and he was our MC. Uh, my burlesque show that I co-produced got together with the Green Man Store, and we actually produced the Grand Witch's Ball. And so Griffin was our MC, and he was absolutely marvelous. We had Monica doing tea leaf readings at the ball. And I wanted to ask you, you weren't doing... Um, actual tea leaf readings you were doing tea leaf cards how did you like that well to be honest with you nothing really takes the place of my leaves to be honest with you but it was a situation where I could not have boiling water and the tea and the whole kit and caboodle because it was going to be a quick reading for everybody so I attempted the cards and I figured out that I guess for a general reading it would be fine but if the, if someone asked me a question it got a little discombobulated and I did not like them at all so in a pinch I think I can use it for general but I really so just for like quickies yeah, like they're just but good not, for like quickies nothing, but not like an in-depth reading. yeah nothing takes a place on my tea leaves yeah it's nothing. it's good to try and find something oh though, yeah because absolutely I love tea leaves but it just it has a lot of hardware that it requires yeah, it you is. know it comes with a lot of baggage it's just yeah not, like, with just the me. kettle and the water and, and the then if you have to do a lot you have to refill it oh mm-hmm. my god it's yeah. yeah yeah it's a lot so it's good to have like the cards but you no know, um, it is it is good but um like I said, for general, it would work really well, but for specific, I didn't think it worked very well. Well, now we know. Now and we at know. Least you're a little bit more mobile, so if, if you ever want to go somewhere and do general readings, you got that. And you're still psychic, because yes. you, know, you can be a reader and just educate yourself on symbols of anything and read that, but it's different when you actually have that intuition to back it up. Absolutely. So I'm sure, like, 
in like in a hard in a hard place or you know like you could still like pull off a reading it's just it would be out of your comfort zone we're taking away like that crutch yes we are which i get i have my tarot and that's definitely my crutch too so i understand that but i had a great time at the ball i know a lot of people that are listening tonight attended the ball and i just wanted to say thank you guys for listening thank you for attending everyone looked amazing my mind was blown by how beautiful everyone looked yeah people really went out all out for this ball they looked fabulous to tell you the truth but I was miserable I was not feeling great and I don't even want to talk about it but yeah I was so looking forward to the ball and it ended up that I was in misery the entire night so bah humbug but you hit it well so I guess that was part of your costume yeah I guess so (laughs) we'll have to like do like a good luck candle for you or something before the next ball just so that this doesn't happen because this is actually the second witch ball that you've been to where you've been a little sick yeah a little sick yeah a lot sick last time it was kidney stones that's right I'm just so done with this yeah maybe witches balls and me do not go together I don't know we'll just find like a get your shit together candle and like just yell at your body before and light this and be Uh, like you need to behave yeah monica needs a night out something (laughs) something needs to be done for sure so this is also our first episode that we've done since we debuted our podcast yay Yay. hope everyone out there enjoyed it i got a lot of good reviews from people who have listened to it so i hope everybody out there in radio land or is enjoying this podcast thank you guys so much for the support we're so excited about this and it makes me feel really good to know that other people are excited about it too so I definitely feel really excited and inspired and just like ready to kind of keep on rolling. Absolutely. But before we go on, I want to give credit for the music in the beginning of of our show. Absolutely. That was um, uh, an original piece composed by my 16-year-old grandson, Drake, and he did a great job. And I'm sure everybody out there agrees. So thank you, Drake, for that contribution. Thank you, Drake. And thank you to Emily for editing all of our tappings and our hummings and all the extra noise and everything she's done to help with it. And thank you to Ricky for becoming a witch by proxy of having to help us record this episode. And so he's accidentally learning way more about witchcraft than he ever intended to, to learn. So I thank you. All of you guys. You guys all fucking rock, and it takes a coven to get shit done. Absolutely. And so with that, I'm just going to segue right into our first question. Speaking of covens, um, I got this question earlier today, actually. What is a coven? How do they work? Who runs them? How do you get into it? And everything in between. Just like a full breakdown of what a coven is. Okay, well, um, a coven is a group of people that gather um, it's usually the same people that gather because you become like a family um, and you gather to do work together, to honor together. Either uh, it could be a learning covering where you meet more than once a month to learn and then we do full moon or new moon or you just meet on the full moon and the holidays. Um, and you can do magic. You, you can, can magic. celebrate the holidays. You can honor God and goddess. There's a lot that can happen in a coven. I think it. some of it really, it depends on, A, who's running it and whose coven it is. And it depends on what kind of coven it is, like what the path is. Right, exactly. Because some paths, like I discussed before, I don't know if, if we discussed this before, do not do magic. They simply honor the deity. They do not do magic. And then there's the other paths that do do magic, like us. Yeah, and some of them meet a lot more than once a month. Some of them meet yeah. one. I think once a month is probably like the minimum, though. I'm not. I'm not sure. At least if other covens meet more than that, 
Um, one thing I want to touch on, because I do kind of hear this a lot, is people wanting to start their own covens. And at least in my path and what we do, it's not as easy as I want to start a coven and I've got a group of friends and they can come to my house and we'll do witchy shit. You have to like earn that title of a high priest or priestess in order to lead a coven and have your own coven. And that takes work and initiating through the degrees and doing a lot. You can't just be someone that is like an intermediate witch. Like you can have a working group if that's right? what you want but that's still not technically a coven right not really no you need to have a hierarchy there and the people who are experienced who have uh studied over the years and got their whatever how many degrees two or three would according to your path and that's how you become the leader or the high priest or high priestess of a coven you have to be dedicated and you have to be initiated and then you can have your own group but you still have to go beyond just the one initiation. Though. Yes, it's, well, in our path is three, mm -hmm. first, second, and third degree. And some other paths are only two that okay. I know of. But in our path is three. And um, the question is, how do you get into a coven? Well, let's put it this way. Um, I was handpicked when I first started going to a coven. But most of the time, people approach somebody in the group and say, I'm interested. How do I how do I get to circle with you? How do I get to learn? And that's how uh, most of the time it happens because people I kind of are interested in the ways. And according to my oath in Stregeria, I have to um, give that option to people who come. I have to give them a chance to come. Even if I don't really like them, I still have to give them a chance. Which I think is funny, and now you just totally put yourself out there, and everyone is going to be like, hey, Monica, you can't say no to me, blah, ha, ha. But you know what, though? Like, if you don't pull along, or if it's just really not the right fit, like, you're going to know, and you're going to just be able to kind of say, like, hey, like, this isn't for me, and kind of just mosey along. There's a lot of um, different groups out there that do public events, or people that teach classes, and I really encourage everyone to go read books check out these classes see if you vibe with that path if it feels right to you if the people feel right to you because that has to be like a really big thing because being in a coven is a really big commitment and i don't think people realize that sometimes because it sounds super like cool and witchy and sexy and you know all those things but i call being in a coven when you actually dedicate into one and you're like this is it it's like being married like it's 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 a big commitment. you got to really think about it and make sure that it's the right one for you. Yes, and people do. I have had many people come in and out because it was not their path. And I agree with Shauna. You need to go to as many open rituals, different paths to see what resonates with you. So, Monica, I have a confession. Uh-oh. Speaking of covens and how you join them, did you know that I accidentally joined your coven? No, I did not know that. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't told you this. Yeah, it was actually like a legit accident. So I've, I've taken classes from you, and I knew that I liked your teaching style. I'm a little weird about teachers. Not that I'm, like, stuck up about who teaches me stuff. I'll learn from anyone that's got stuff to teach. But it's, like, you know when you just vibe with somebody? Right. Like, I knew I vibed really well from you. Like, I just I got along with you. I, I grasped what you were teaching. But I knew that you didn't actually teach straight classes to the public. And I wanted to learn a little bit more about the magic from my background and I'm Hawaiian and Italian and I've I've done some poking at Hawaiian mysticism before I approached you and I've actually done more since too and it's just not 
my thing. I think it's really interesting. I like Hawaiian dance, but the spirituality just didn't vibe with me. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should like explore more of the Italian side. And I, I approached you about it. And I asked you if I could learn and I was so nervous. Oh my God. I felt like I was asking like a cute guy out on a date. Like I was so nervous. Oh my God. Um, and you just looked at me and you're like, you know, I've been waiting for you to ask me that. And I was like, really? And you're like, yeah. And you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to talk to the group and you're actually leaving work. So then you left. I'm like, cool, cool. And then I'm like, wait, what does she mean? I have to talk to the group. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And then I was like, holy shit. I think I just joined a coven. <laughs> And so it was actually kind of an accident. And it's not that I didn't think that I wanted it at that point. Like, I, and as I've said before, even on the show, like, I was really all about being solitary for a while. And I didn't really have an interest in being in a coven at this point. I was kind of okay with it. But I didn't actually know how to approach somebody about joining one or anything else. So it was kind of like this weird accident. But I was really happy because I think... Deep down, I wanted to ask you, but I didn't know, like, the protocol. That's funny because when you that's how people usually approach um, me. They usually say they want to learn about it. And so I immediately think that, okay, you want to join my coven. <laughs> so, Well, I would think that, like, if that wasn't the case or if it was someone that, like, really didn't want to join or that you, like, knew wasn't going to be a fit, you probably wouldn't take it that way. And you'd be like, oh, well, why don't you, like, check out my classes? Like... You would probably answer it differently if it really wasn't supposed to happen, you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I but would think so. So just for everyone listening, though, that is how, how you join. Like, if you know someone that has a coven and you like, you know, what they've presented or you like them and you're interested to learn more, like, you approach them. Right, you approach them. And like I said, I was handpicked. So um, I, do, I did handpick a few of my coven sisters and brothers. But other people, the majority have come to me and they said they want to learn. And so that's how it all happens in my path. You know, I've had people because now traditionally like being in a coven is really supposed to be a lot more of a secretive thing. Yes. Um, I think just because we not only exist in the witch world and we have friends in the witchy community, but also we work within the pagan community. So I feel like it's a little bit more public knowledge with with us and with other people that were around who's in what coven and stuff like that. But traditionally, that's not the way it goes. Yeah. But I've actually had people that I don't know that I've either come in to, like, go shop at the store or I've just, like, come across at one of the events I go to or something, and they either already know that I'm in a coven somehow or they'll ask me, like, are you in a coven? And I always kind of, like, get weird about that answer because I'm like, well, I don't want to lie, but I also, like, it's not something I'm really supposed to talk about. Yeah. So I'll just kind of be like, oh, well, yeah, like, I study Strega and kind of try and leave it vague. And everybody, like, almost always their response is, can I join your coven? Wow. And I'm like, I don't even know your name. Like, do you even know what Strega is? Like, you would probably hate me in real life. You wouldn't want to be in a coven with me. What's happening? So I just want everyone to know, like, if you want to join a coven, like, awesome, and the more power to you, and you should seek that out. But make sure that it's, like, with the right people and it's the right path. I I practiced magic for a really long time before I ended up in a coven. And while I definitely think that being in a coven has added to my experience, I don't think not being in one uh, discredited me as a witch at all. So no, don't... you can be solitary. Yeah. You can be a very good solitary witch, but... I love the group setting. I like the strength in numbers. There's power in numbers. 
and it really does get powerful when a family, a coven family, is working together towards something magically. Hundred percent. I just don't think that people need to like just jump into it. Like, make take your time, man. Take your time. Yeah, don't take ask your time. people. Yes. If you don't actually even know my name, please don't ask me if you can be in my coven because <laughs> it just gets weird. Yes. Um, I'm also not the person to give you an answer anyway, so I guess you can ask me because whatever happened next, I get a blame on Monica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so those are kind of like the basis of a coven though. And I mean, they all like kind of just vary by the path, you know, but you just check them out and kind of see what you can find. I know we've talked pretty adamantly about which box before. Yes. Which box is a great resource. Good source. Good source. Mm -hmm. Uh, meetup, meetup.com. There's a lot of cool meetups. If you are fortunate enough to live in an area where there's a metaphysical store, you should check out what they got going on. And if you don't find a coven at the very least, you will find at least a working group, which is still just... And a strong community. Yeah, Yeah. which is still great. And it's a really great place to start. And that's all you can find. That's all that you need in that moment. You know, the universe provides what you need when when you need it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, there is a thing called self-initiation, which I totally boohoo against. I don't believe in that. I mean, that, that means that anybody who's a solitary, whenever they feel like it, whenever they think they're ready can it self-initiate themselves and like here's my thing who do you answer to who are you answering to the gods i guess so but i feel like you know when you go through the degrees you have to answer to somebody you have to answer to the high priest and the high priestess you know you just don't taking it upon yourself so i don't really like that self-initiation stuff i feel like self-initiation is definitely something that's more more of a modern thing and something that i think you hear more about now versus before i do think you have a lot more of an old school mindset on a lot of things with it but i appreciate that because i think that we we need that structure and that tradition um and not to say that everything that you do or think is old school because you you adapt with the times and whatever needs to happen really well i try you really do and i see it in just every like in our friendship and our magic and everything so like i think that's really cool but where you are really like stuck with that old school structure it's there for a reason and i appreciate that um i think a lot of people just kind of rush into wanting to get initiated i think that there are people that say that you're not a real witch until you are and that's again something that i don't believe i don't i'm not saying that it doesn't add to your magic to be initiated but it's not a requirement and i don't think it's something that you should rush into because that's a really really big step and it it's a big commitment it's it's a a huge commitment. commitment and so it's like when i hear people that talk about it so adamantly and they're so excited and i'm like i don't I don't know why you're there yet. Like, just slow your roll. It's going to happen when it does. But I think when you rush and you, like, seek it out like that, it's probably not the right time then. Because most people that I know that are initiated um, from what little that we've been able to talk about it and stuff, none of them were necessarily, like, seeking it out like that. It was just, like, when it's time, it's time. Right. You know? So right. don't don't rush into that. And don't feel like it's compromising your magic because it's not. It's not. Nope. Has no, one has nothing to do with the other actually you can do magic whether you're in a coven not in a coven if you're pagan if you're not pagan so magic is afoot everywhere and for everybody exactly so this question comes from one of my friends that she had emailed us and i think it's a great question to ask and it's kind of funny because this is something that kind of came up uh the last time that our coven actually met for ritual and the question is how do you set up an altar and what are the do's and don'ts okay and 
the interesting thing that I thought about it was, so basically an altar is a magical working space. Right. And it can be done on a table, on a dresser. Mine is on my mantle. Some people have them that you can, like, break down when you're done just because some people don't have that luxury of having it all, like, out all the time, you know? Right. There's a lot of different ways that you can have them set up. But I've always been taught that you have all your tools that go on your altar and it either goes on the god side or the goddess side and that's how it is for the most part except like your pinnacle which which is in the middle right but then um i was talking with one of our coven sisters and she was talking about how she actually sets things up like according to the direction so like the spirit flame would be like in the south because it's fire and the water would be in the west and I was just like, really? Like, it made sense the way she was explaining it, but I've just, I had never heard of that before. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, and there's no wrong or right. There's different paths set up their altars differently. So, you know, everybody's different. But in our path, we set up with, well, you know, we have an altar facing the north. And we have a representation of the god and the goddess on the altar, whether it be statuary, candles. Both you know or both and um you also have your seashell for the water to cleanse the circle you also have a sensor which is an incense burner so you can clear the space with incense by firing air um there's a chalice on there for cakes and ale there there's a smudge stick so you can move the the, the smoke around when you're cleansing there's your ritual tools whether it's a thami or a wand or, and any working that you're going to do for that for that night, um, we also have something called the blue flame, which is or uh, spirit flame or a spirit flame, which we keep on the altar too. It's a blue flame, and it is from back in the day they used to use real strega liquor and burn that. But we don't like to burn our liquor. We like to drink it. We like to drink it. <laughs> so. Or in Monica's case, she likes to sip it and make a funny face, and Ugh. then I get to talk a bunch of shit and make fun of her yeah i mean that <laughs> stuff going down you could feel that burn going down and you know what though it. it is great for like yule and winter rituals oh, because yeah. it warms, warms you up. oh yeah it's so good so yeah and then um of course we have our quarter candles and if you have representation for that in each quarter um trying to think what else we have on there we always, I always ask my people to go bring flowers for the goddess, for the altars, for the decorations. Which we always forget. Which they always forget, and then the last minute they're scrambling. And I don't want them to buy it at Ralph's or Trader Joe's. I want them to go gathering and just gather. Not go into someone's yard illegally, but there are so many beautiful flowers just hanging over the side of fences and on the street that I you can gather. I used to be a lot better about it, and I would carpool with one of my coven sisters to ritual, and so I'd pick her up, and we would stop and, like, pick flowers along the way, and I guess I just got comfortable. I don't know. I just kind of stopped doing that, and so now what ends up happening is I, I get to our coven stead, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's right, flowers. I have to go to the car real quick to get something, guys. I'll be back. And then sometimes you'll just see me walking down the street until I come back with something pretty. Yep, that's what you need to do, though. Yep. But that's, I think, like, the way that you've explained, like, an altar setup is a pretty 
basic altar for a lot of paths. Save for like I've never seen a spirit flame anywhere other than a strega. I have not either. Game. Yeah, so there's certain things like that, but for the most part, like with your god and goddess representations and stuff like that, that's about right. And when we say that we put a god and goddess on the altar, because the question is how you set one up, is the god stuff goes on the right and the goddess stuff goes on the left. And when you need to try and figure out what goes where, if it's phallic and it looks like a dick, it goes with the god stuff. If it has a hole in it, it goes with the goddess stuff. Like, really, these pagans did not put too much effort into thinking this shit out when they started this. Right, correct. And so. there's also a bell on the altar. And the bell is used to, after we um, we we call in each quarter to ring it in and, and to close it at the end. Yeah, and some people use it for when they're calling spirits or right. like cleaning because there's so many different ways to yes. cleanse circles. So a bell can be used the same as a singing bowl for like sound octave clearing. Yes, and sometimes there's a besom or a broom. Um, most of the time when we do public rituals outside of us, I'll take my, my broom to clear, cleanse the space, the circle before we start. So that's only like when we are out of our element, basically, because, you know, you never know what, what creepers, there. what creepers you're gonna have. Yeah, you don't know about people's like un magical hygiene and right. how. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But so when you set up an altar, though, because that that's like a basic working altar when you're going to have both like the god and goddess on it. But I have um, altars at home that are just for like specific deities. For instance, Fortuna. I have right. a Fortuna altar. Uh, Fortuna is the Roman goddess of fortune and fate. She's seen as Lady Luck. And so a really easy offering to her is money. Yes. Money. So my fortune altar is on top of like an end table that I have. And she's just in a giant bowl of cash. There you go. And I pity anybody that tries to Take steal her money. money. Yeah. Don't steal Fortuna's money. We actually had a party at my house recently. And I actually thought about it. I'm like, should I move Fortuna like into the bedroom or something so that people don't like steal from her? And my husband was like, if people are dumb enough to steal from her, let them deal with that shit themselves. Let them <laughs> suffer the karma. That's for sure. Yeah. Fortuna gives a lot when you give to her, but when you take it back, she fucks your shit up. Yep. You don't want to mess with her. I think um, my husband borrowed, like, laundry money or something oh from the God. altar once and then he got like two parking tickets uh -huh. and all this other crazy shit and so finally like by the end of the week he like put a 20 on there and was like i'm sorry please be nice to me yeah. and my husband isn't he's not witchy like he he knows that this stuff is obviously real to a certain degree because he lives with me he sees it you know he respects it but it's not his thing so when you see him talking to a deity you know some shit's going down yeah yeah for sure but you can have, um, like, an altar, though, like, two Fortuna or anybody, really, like, yeah. that you want. And you can do it in the way that calls to you. Yes. Um, just learn learn your deity and know, know what they like. I know Fortuna likes cash, and so I give her that. I've also learned from my own personal workings with her that she likes roses, like white roses. So I'll give her those once in a while and different things of that nature. So, but the interesting part about this, I was thinking about this question is because it was asked like the do's and don'ts. So I think that we covered a lot of the do's, but what are some of the don'ts? Mixing deities. Okay. From different paths. You don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to do that. You want to keep on the same path, the same deities, the same path. You don't want to call in an Egyptian goddess and a, uh, and a Celtic god. You know, you just want to keep it either Egyptian or Celtic or Strega or Wiccan, whatever. But you don't want to call in two totally different Maybe deities. not in the same working, but I do know people that do that 
a lot. Like, okay. Or they have, well, like, different, like, different patrons, for instance. Well, like, this is my no-no. That's, yeah. That's my no-no. But I, I don't think, yeah, but, like, one of our coven sisters is, like, really big on Anubis. Yeah. And then she she's also, Anubis. like, buddies with Ganesh. But then she comes to Circle and works with Roman deities. Yes. So, but I, I would think it's, like, almost, like, what you're doing in that moment. Like, I probably wouldn't want to mix Indian food and Italian food. No. Because no. chicken tikka masala and spaghetti doesn't sound like it mesh well. Um, do you like how I always seem to come back to food references? Yeah, we like our food, too, I'm though. I'm a big snack person. Yeah. Yes, I know. Um... But so, yeah, so yeah, don't mix deities. My thing that I think is a really big one, and this is a really common one that at, at some point all of us have done this, and it's a big no no, is don't touch my shit. Don't oh touch my, my altar. Don't touch don't, my tools. Don't touch my tools. Don't touch my fucking crystals. Don't like, touch just, my candles. You walk into a witch's house, and first off, I gotta say, witches are clutterbugs. Like, we become pack rats because we think everything is fucking magical, and you see that acorn or that feather on the ground, and you're like, oh my god, this is the best present ever, and you take it home, and then all of a sudden, your living room is just a fucking pile of walnuts and miscellaneous dead leaves. Like, it's a problem. <laughs> But when you walk into a witch's messy ass house, the the trick is to just not touch anything because you don't know. You don't know what's magical and what's not. Yeah, but don't. Yeah, if you see something that's like a flat surface full of random statues or tchotchkes, it is probably an altar. And so if you know that someone's witchy, just ask first. But I know that we've all done it. I've done it. Like everybody at some point has done it. We have beautiful altars at the Green Man store. And even though they have signs on them saying, please don't touch, people touch them all the time. And yes. I think that's also just kind of part of the magical learning curve, but try not to touch people's stuff. Right. Um, I live in a house with two non-magical people and my altar is in our living room in our shared space. And so I am constantly having to take stuff off of the altar. Um, Venus has been nice enough to share her altar space with a, a modem or or some type of Wi-Fi thing. I'm not very tech Electronic. savvy. Yeah. It's I call it the internet box. Uh-huh. So it lives on Venus's altar. She's been cool with it. I think sometimes she gets a little annoyed because once in a while, like the box thing catches my attention and I get really kind of like peeved looking at it. But I'm like, but I know it has to be there. And I kind of feel that's like Venus going, get this off or give me a present. Mm. You know, so I just give her a present. I just, yeah, I get her presents when that happens. But yeah, try not to do that. Like, I'm really guilty of sometimes putting my phone down on my altar if I'm doing something, but I try really hard. Like, if it's my magical space, I try and make sure that only magical stuff is on it. So I think that's a big don't is don't put non magical things on there and don't touch other people's stuff unless they give you permission. And keep it sacred. It is a sacred space and sacred tools. So you want to keep it sacred. Yeah. Yeah. Don't respect it. A lot of respect has to go into it. I have a question. This isn't one that was emailed to us, but this is one that I actually thought would be kind of cool. Since becoming a witch, what is like a weird, a weird thing that you do now? Oh, let's see. What is, what isn't weird that I do? Let's put it that way. (laughs) I do everything that's weird. I mean, um, I'm a big scryer. You know what I'm saying? I scry everything. And, um, when I'm walking down the street and looking at trees, like the other night when I took my dogs down the street for a, a walk, in the tree, the, the way the lighting was and the shadows, there was a skull. I was like, where's my friggin' camera now? So I'm constantly looking and, you know, I go for a walk with my kids and I go, oh, look at that plant over there. Here she goes again. Here she goes again. It's just like something like magic is part of my daily activities. I can't help it. It's just part of my life. 
I get that and I'm used to it at this point that I mean like I I know the things that I'm doing are magical but I'm I'm used to them being in my life and I was talking about it with one of my friends once and she she's interested in magic but I wouldn't say that she's a witch and she's like yeah but you do magical stuff so nonchalantly like it's pouring cereal and it's actually really cool and so sometimes I have to stop and think about things that I do that are, are magical that are just kind of in my everyday life I think one of my weird... I will give you one of your weird things first, wow. actually. So you are all about feathers, and you like to go feather hunting. Yes, I do. So Monica has her little spots, as she will go and she'll walk around to, to gather feathers and stuff. But if she does not find a feather within a certain amount of time, she gets really pissed off, and she starts, <laughs> like... She looks up at the sky and starts yelling, like, full New York Italian style with her hands in the fucking air and, and everything. Yeah, and I'm like, no birds fly over here. No birds drop their feathers in this wood, wooded area. Come on. Come on. I get really pissed off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that that is one thing. Um, I You know, I kind of do that too, though. Like, I'll start yelling at stuff once in a while. Like, I think there was a spirit in my house the other day, and I was just, I was in a bad mood, and I could feel it, and then I started hearing stuff move around, and I know it wasn't one of my animals. And my thir- first thought was just like, really, really, right now? Like, I have to do this, too. On top of everything else, I have to cleanse my house now, too. And I just got mad, and I just started yelling at it. Yeah. And, you know, you, a lot of us just talk to nobody. And we talk to the air. Well, and we're actually talking to spirit fairies and ourselves, I guess. We're just actually crazy, but we're going to blame it on magic. But yes, what we'll, we'll blame it on being a witch. Yes. Sometimes I think, like, because I, I had imaginary friends when I was little. Yeah, I had we a all lot did. of them. We all did, sure. And so now I think about it from my experience with being a witch, my experience with being a paranormal investigator. I'm like, were they really just imaginary friends? Was well, someone yeah. there? What were you really seeing? Yeah, what was God. I really seeing? Like, I kind of wonder. My one, I have two witch things that I do now that are kind of a little... A little different, I think, now, especially since I know about magic and I've educated myself in, you know, like, the power of, like, your thoughts and your words, for instance. Um, I take everything I say really literally, and I'm a little I'm a little superstitious now. So, by that, I mean, like, when I'm sick, and I, I am the biggest baby when I am sick. Oh, my God. I am such a wimp. <laughs> no, I am the worst. Okay? I am the all-time worst. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah then I'm the toddler you can be the baby I'll be the toddler yeah um but like I'll lay in bed I'm like I'm dying and then I'll stop and be like I'm not dying I just don't feel good right now like I'll I'll correct myself I won't say that because I'm see- then I, I start to freak myself out about it or um like a big one that everyone does and I call it like self-cursing is everyone curses their money and they go I'm so broke yeah. It's like, you're not broke. Stop saying that shit because you're going to make yourself broke. I just try and say, like, no, I've got other things i got to spend my money on. Or, oh, well, I can't because I'm saving up for blah, blah, blah. Like, I try really hard. You won't hear me anymore say that I'm broke. I won't put that on myself anymore. You know, words are really powerful. And I used to think that it meant that, you know, you can raise someone up with your your words or you can, like, really put them down with the words. But I think what it really means is... Watch what you say because the universe reflects your words. It just mimics what you say. So if you say you're shitty, you're going to get more shitty. If you say you have no money, here you go. No more money. So only say out loud what you want. Never say out loud what you don't want. And so same thing with correcting yourself when you think about it because the universe yes. isn't... The universe does read minds. Not oh, yeah. Witches and psychics don't exactly read minds, but the universe fucking does. So you gotta... And that's part of, like, the, the laws of a witch is mind your thoughts and mind your words. Keep them in good order. Yeah, you and know? you know how hard it is to, to not speak 
anything negative it's really hard you have to really keep yourself in check yeah you have to catch it and so i, I catch myself and i try and reel it back right especially because i know i'm whiny and i complain a lot so it's like there's a point where i'm like there's a difference between venting and just kind of talking but then like there, there's like that limit and you have to know when to reel it back to not accidentally put that stuff on yourself or on another person right my other weird witch thing that i think is kind of funny and i know other people have done this too like i've seen some of my friends talk about it is when i'm at home or something and i accidentally cut myself like um i was washing my food processor the other day and i cut myself on the blade and my fingers started to bleed instead of being like oh crap i'm bleeding i was like what can i blood <laughs> yeah it's and time to blood some tools or something so i start walking around with like this bloody finger and i'm like what can i smear this on what what do i need so i think i don't have a lot of stuff that's blooded though like i really don't i think that's like another like kind of like commitment to itself i don't blood a lot of my stuff um i think some people go kind of crazy and blood a lot of yeah, stuff they do yeah. um i've probably only blooded aside from like the, my one big thing that I blooded that I can really think about is my cat skull. My pet cat, when he passed away, I, I had him since he was just a couple days old. He was, like, a bottle-fed baby of mine. Like, he was, he was like, my soulmate. And um, when he died, one of my friends had those, like, I, I always forget what they're called, but they're those, like, flesh-eating beetles that, like, eat dead things. And I gave it, him to her, and she was nice enough to give me back his bones. Uh -huh. And so I do have my cat skull and I do have it on my altar and that is blooded. Yeah. And it was actually really special. I got his bones back on my birthday too. Oh, that's neat. So yeah, so that's my one weird witch thing is when like I accidentally cut myself, I like have to stop and be like, is there anything to blood? Like I do have something at home at home that needs blooded now. So I think I just have to wait till the next time I'm washing a sharp pointy <laughs> object. And, well, I can and make you believe happen. if you'd like. I can go. Oh, that's so kind of you. No problem. Anytime <laughs> you want. No problem. I got my little thumb and my little needles ready to go. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. It's like witches and like you'll see like the little diabetes like yeah <laughs> like pokey things to like uh, test your blood sugar the needles yeah like a, a lot of witches seem to have those and it's like that is why right um right. so that's that yeah so that those are like our do's or don'ts for the altars that's my weird witchy shit your weird witchy stuff is most of your stuff but definitely yelling when you don't find feathers oh yeah that really aggravates me aggravates me and i'm very thankful when i do find feathers though that's for sure i actually have some pretty good luck with finding feathers and i remember when my dad passed away i went to a reader and she said every time you see a feather it's your dad saying hi what she didn't know was that my dad and his wife are crazy bird people and so my dad had, like, six birds, including two, like, giant parrots. So, like, whenever I would see a bird, I would automatically think of them, you know? Right, right. And so um, it would totally make sense that if it was a feather, it was my dad. So I do. I pick them up, and I always say, hi, Dad. And I pick it up, and I'll stick them in the freezer for, like, two weeks, make sure that nothing on them is going to be yeah. all gross and infest my house. I, and one time, it was, like, the anniversary of his death, and I was walking to work, and I was kind of like kind of sad and kind of not like I wasn't sure how I was feeling and then I was like I don't know I'm like I think I might be okay like this is cool I can go to work and this feather like appeared out of midair like right at face level like it wasn't falling from anything I was kind of under like this canopy thing like there really shouldn't have been a feather there anyway at face level it just appeared and like fell at my feet and I feel like that was my dad like yeah you don't totally. have to be sad so yeah feathers I think are special I do I think they're special too so I feel like we have a cool question that 
I think needs to be talked about a lot more. And that question is, how do you tell a real psychic from a scammer? Okay, well, this is my experience and this is how I learned and many of my friends learned the hard way. When you go to a fortune teller, um, most of the time you'll get a really good reading and then you're like, okay, this is pretty legit. And then at the end of the reading, they go, but you have a curse on you and I will remove that curse. Just bring me all your jewelry and $10,000 and I will remove your curse. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people just they fall for that. And that's how they make their money. So whenever you go to get a reading and they want your jewelry or your money, run the other way. It is not for yeah. real. Like I tell people, you don't need $500 to do a candle. I would never pay $500 to do a candle. You know, and so you have to be careful because people say this stuff. I was actually stopped at the grocery store. Uh, on my way out not too long ago, I was on my way to a burlesque show. Like, for those of you that don't know, I dance in burlesque shows. And so I had a lot of my stage makeup on. And so I looked like a lunatic because I was supposed to be a clown that night. And it wasn't Halloween, so, like, no one else was dressed up. It was just me. So I looked really weird. I was late. I was rushing. So obviously I was, like, kind of, like, just stressed. Like, and it's obvious that I look like a crazy person that's stressed. But this chick tries to stop me, and she's like, "Hun, I'm so sorry. I know your hands are full. And I'm like, what? She's like, I really need to tell you this. And I, I, for the life of me, I was like, what could possibly be wrong? Like, I don't know this chick. What, like, I, like, what is it, you know? And she's like, your aura is really bad, and I'm a light worker, and, you know, it's only a couple hundred dollars. And she's, like, reaching in her purse to give me a business card. And I got so mad because I, I hear this from people. And, you know, like, people that do this, like, they're, they prey on, on people's hardships. Yes, they do. And they're scammers. And yes. it just, it really gets me mad that these people are, like, you know, like, people trust you to, like, try and heal them. And then you just take them for a fucking ride, and then all you do is make them feel worse. Like, I was so mad at her. And luckily, I was in way too much of a hurry to yell at her too much. Uh -huh. And so I just said, oh, go fuck yourself in perfect love and perfect trust. And I just kept walking. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, beware of those people that want to take your money. Um, you know, you know, you do pay for services from good psychics, and it, and it costs X amount of money. And it's really reasonable. And anything over uh, the and above the call of reason, beware. beware. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, and, yeah, because... It's definitely like an equal exchange of, of energy and money. So you are going to pay for it. But it's it's reasonable. It's nothing outrageous. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like a price is really steep, call it's probably other places. Steep. It's, it's yeah, probably it's probably steep. steep. Go on Yelp. Find some other places. Call around and just ask how much they charge. Because it's probably within around the same, the same price range. Probably. You know, and definitely, like, go off of referrals from your friends. Look at Yelp. Go off of things that you know are tried and true. And even then, it doesn't mean that you're going to dig the person, but it probably means that they're not taking advantage of you. Right. Exactly. So I think that's a really important thing for people to know because it, it's, it happens to the best it of us. It happens to... You would be, uh, be surprised at how many people fall for that. Yeah. It just, it's pretty sad. It, it happens a lot, and it sucks when it does happen. So if it's happened to you, live and learn. But just know, like, you never need to give someone $10,000. If you keep getting in car accidents, you don't need to. Like, this actually was a thing that I remember happening um, when I was in high school as a clerk at a metaphysical store. And this lady came in to get a reading with one of the readers because she kept getting in car accidents. And I, I don't know why, if that was ever figured out what was up with that. 
but she had gone to a different reader that was like, oh, it's because your car is cursed and it's going to cost you, like, you know, it was going to cost me like $5,000 to get her car fixed from the latest accident. And so the reader was like, yeah, but you need to bring me $5,000 too so that I can bless it so that this repair is the last one. Oh, man. And stuff like that. So it's like, careful. Like, it happens because these people, they're good at what they do. They're good at being manipulative, but just be careful. And it doesn't mean that they're not actually psychic. It just means that they're not ethical. Right. Because sometimes they give good readings. Yeah, they'll give you a good reading and you'll fall. Like, okay, this this person's legit. And then, lo and behold, before the end of the reading, you are cursed. And I can remove that curse for X amount of dollars. Bring me all your jewelry. Bring me your firstborn. And we got a plan here. So beware. Yeah. So just be careful of that. But, um, I mean, if anybody wants to bring me, like, adorable pugs. Or cheese. Or cheese. I am super down. Like, I will do magic for pugs and cheese. How about that? <laughs> okay. That sounds good. There we go. Well Very behaved, well. but my husband has to chime in. He's like, no, no, she won't. No more pugs. How about if I, I frame this um, well behaved pugs? I love my pug. He's a rescue. All my creatures are rescues. And I love him to death. And he's adorable. And he's such a douchebag. He just, he, he, because no, you know what it is, is he's trained. And he's like, yeah, I know what you want, and I know how to be good. I just don't want to be. Well, he's trying to get a rise out of you, trying to get some attention, you know? No, no, he gets plenty of attention. He just needs to, like, sing the song of his people all the time. And just, he, he has his own agenda. He's going to do what he wants. And nothing that I say is going to change that unless I bribe him with the word cookie. Mm. That that works every time. All right. Well, at least you have it <laughs> out, huh? So, We'll trade magic for well-behaved pugs and or cheese. Or cheese sculpted to look like pugs. That sounds kind of cool. So Yeah, that would work. If someone could bring me a pug-shaped cheese sculpture, I would be forever grateful. And you may or may not just score yourself free readings for life. <laughs> yeah. This is a kind of a fun one, though, that I do like. Is Someone asked, what is your favorite flower and why? Okay. Well, my favorite flower is lily of the valley, and it does not grow on the west coast. I am originally from the east coast, and they bloom in May, and they are the most phenomenal smelling little lilies that you'll ever smell. As a child, I would um, wait till May comes, and I would take myself to my magical yard, because my, my yard was very magical when I was a kid. I would dance around the trees and talk to the trees and everything, but... May would come, those flowers would just come up like little rabbits all over, and I would just lay in the grass, turn my head to the side, and just take a deep breath over and over again. And I love Lily of the Valley. They are totally my favorite flowers. Everything that I like is not on this West Coast. It's all it. The food is better on the East Coast, the pizza especially, and some flowers do not grow here. I mean, I think they have lilacs here. I like lilacs as well, but... My grandmother grew a lilac tree. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them yeah. here, but not Lily of the Valley. They will not grow here. I'll with you on that East Coast pizza thing. My best friend lives in New York, mm -hmm. and whenever she comes to visit, we're like, bring pizza. Yeah, because this is not real pizza here. never does. And I'm like, you just wrap it up in foil. Yeah, really. Just put it in Stick something. it in your carry-on bag. Right. And the girl in question that I'm talking about is one that edits our podcast, so I know that she's going to listen to this. Send us pizza. Yeah, send pizza. Send us Don't pizza. be mean. Don't be and mean. And cannolis from yeah. a good Italian bakery, please. Jerk. The pizza here, <laughs> I've come down to the conclusion that I have to name it, just, I just call it California pizza because it is not 
real pizza. But that's just my opinion. I still think it tastes good, but I'm also from California, so there's that. But yeah. Yeah, definitely New York pizza is definitely... Actually... New York pizza is superior, but I think the best pizza that I had was and in you Pennsylvania. Said, yep, it was in Pennsylvania. That was really good at this yep. weird hole-in-the-wall place, yep. and it was delicious. The first time I, ha- I came here, the first day I think I moved to California, my man at the point said, "Do you want to go get pizza?" And I love pizza, and I was like, "Yeah!" So we go to this restaurant. I'm waiting. I'm hungry, and here comes the pizza, and and they put it down, and I pick it up, and it's stiff like a dick. Excuse my French, but it was so stiff. You have to be able to fold the pizza. Fold the pizza. Got to fold it. And the cheese has to be dripping from it. I was like, what is this? He goes, that's pizza. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I'm smacking it on the table. I'm like, it's stiff. How am I going to eat this? So that was the demise of uh, my pizza thing here. Um, I really don't. And everyone claims that they they can do New York pizza. No. No one has, has come up with that. Sorry. So. So I'm going to challenge everyone to find us New York pizza in California for that. But yeah. for those of you that are listening right now, I know that nobody can see this, but Monica just got very passionate. I get passionate about pizza, for sure. I understand that. I'm passionate about pizza, too. You're talking with your hands. Your face is flushed. I can't help it. can't help it. We can't have stiff dick pizza. No, we can't. We can't have that this, this pizza. But now I name it California pizza. Have you had pizza from Chicago? No, I have not because I have not been in Chicago. Okay, so I think Wine Spirits and Witches needs to uh, take a trip to Chicago then. Just for the pizza. Just for the pizza. We will just, we'll go there. It'll be like a one-day turnaround, touchdown, get pizza. I'll probably love it. You'll probably make a gross face at it and not touch it, and then we can come home. Yeah. I think I just had a psychic vision. Like, this is happening. Well, I don't know how we got off on that subject. But my favorite flower is Lily of the Valley. <laughs> Going back to that, what is your favorite flower? Going to Lily of the Valley real quick though, because because like a, like on the magical properties, I love the scent of Lily of the Valley. It's oh, amazing. It's amazing. And what I've used it for, from what I've looked up and played with, is that it's good for memory to uh, make you stand out in someone's memory, like oh. so that they won't forget you. Mm-hmm. And I've actually like used it in spells for like studying and stuff as well. So it seems to stimulate memory. I probably use rosemary more for that, but I feel like I use rosemary more for everything. But as far as flowers go. Uh, Lily of the Valley for at least for me like I know it's for memory do you what do you use it for magically um you know what I I never really incorporated it into magic I think they're just magical alone just being there they're beautiful yeah they're just mad. So I've I, seen them at hardware stores before here and I don't understand why because they don't really grow here no they don't grow here because it has to go through the coldness and that season and and they have to be like you know under the ground in the cold, and it doesn't work here at all. Because if it did, believe me, I have I would have a yard full of lily of the valley. Yeah, it's it doesn't work here. So my favorite flower, um, I love sunflowers because my my old dog Sunshine, she was the coolest dog on the planet, and I called her Sunshine because she was very aggressive and a very depressed dog when I rescued her. And so I just kind of named her that ironically, but I definitely think she grew into her name. And she was just this giant fat yellow lab, so she reminded me of a little sunflower, and it was cool. After she died, I actually had wild sunflowers that randomly just grew in my yard. A bird must have dropped a seed, and it was right by my front door, and it was just the most special thing. Yep, that I knew she was there, and so I I love sunflowers, and so I get them a lot as presents from my husband because he knows that that reminds me of my dog. It's a very happy flower. Yeah, it's a really happy one. It's just it's got that solar energy, so I do really like sunflowers. I don't think I use them magically, but I just like them. They make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, Magically speaking, and just because I love roses. 
Roses are big in magic, yes. Roses are, they're big in magic. I feel like it's really hard to find roses that actually smell like roses. Have you noticed that? Roses well, don't you know what? They're smell ulti- as much. They're, they're really messing with the, with the, um, like the genetics yeah, of the it. Genetics yeah, the genetics of I mean, there's these beautiful, big, beautiful roses, and I go to smell it, and, it's, and there's no smell. So they're, you know, they're giving up the smell for something that's huge or bigger, but you know, flowers are supposed to smell. Yeah. Right? You're not supposed to like, exactly. smell like nothing. Yeah, they're genetically f- messing with flowers. They're genetically messing with my watermelon. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're taking like seeds out of the watermelon. Okay, l- don't let me get started. But they're genetically messing with stuff. Yeah, that this is true. This is very true. With roses, um, I, will, I just I have a lot of memories. My grandmother always had a really big rose garden, and I, you know, when I was a little kid, I used to play witch, and so I would like go and pick all the different colors and put them in my potions. Um, most of my potions ended up in like we had this little above ground swimming pool, and I would throw it in there and like yell things over it, and then like splash in the water. Now that, that was my magic. Wow. wow. Um, but now, as I've gotten older and I've learned more about magic. Um, I, I, I'm a daughter of Venus. I work very closely with Venus or Aphrodite, as a lot of people know her. And so roses are sacred to her. So it's it's a really big tie to my patroness that way. And one time I was leaving the house even to go grocery shopping. And I turned around and looked at our altar. And I was like, yes, I'm going to get you some flowers. And I live by my grocery list. And I forgot to put flowers on that. And I was in, like, I was getting, like, my last thing in, like, the spice aisle or whatever and all of a sudden you could just smell this beautiful scent of roses and there's no one around me and i'm like that's crazy and then i'm like oh yeah that's right i told her i was gonna get her flowers she's reminded me yeah so that's really funny about the scent of roses because in the past it hasn't happened in a while but when i would be like randomly someplace like in the mall or like in the car and i would get this like real strong whiff of of flowers like roses and sure enough, after that, someone died. And the thing with that, it, you just like t- pulled it right out of me that it is a death. Um, it's a spirit thing, which is another reason why I love roses. I love roses because they're very versatile. Um, the first time I ever attended a seance, I got this big whiff of roses and it kept coming every time before someone picked something up and say something about a spirit. And I mentioned it later and someone was like, well, it's because rose is like a conduit of spirit like if you if you smell roses it means that there's a spirit nearby so that was your heads up on that roses are also great because they have thorns so they are really protective as well and so they're great to plant at like the lining of your property or outside your door to help keep negativity out and i like them because they're so pretty that they're kind of like low pro protection Mm -hmm. um I also like to use the colors for different things. So they're just so versatile and they're pretty and I love it when I get to put them in vases. I'm really big about having fresh flowers in my house for fresh energy. And so roses a lot of times are one of those flowers. So I definitely love roses. They have to, they have to be like my favorite. Do you know that, um, do you know that lemon trees have thorns? Yes, I did. I, I never knew that until recently. Did you get shanked by one? No, I, I just saw it and I was like, oh my God, these are big ass really big ass thorns and i was like huh it's to protect the tree to protect the fruit to protect the i think that's what it's for don't you think yeah it's really interesting how nature always finds a way to do that yeah i have always had a lemon tree on every property i've ever lived on so i always get a really big kick out of people that come here from the east coast or the midwest or places that don't have citrus because i'm just so used to there always being a citrus tree of oranges and lemons just everywhere. Like, I don't understand why we even carry them in grocery stores here. And then people are like, oh, my God, 
citrus like people from new york or ohio i think it's really funny but you know um what i don't see a lot of here is apple apple trees they're big back east but i had an apple tree once and i grew these tiny little like mini apples and they were so cute i never got to eat one because my dog ate all of them but you know yeah i think apple trees grow well no yeah but i have seen a few a few far between but i have seen a few but uh yeah yeah, but they're big back east. Apple trees, plum trees. I really need to go back. I, I love New York. I love Pennsylvania. That, like, when we went, we took a little field trip, and we went to New York and Salem and Pennsylvania. And I don't know what it was. We were in the tiniest little, like, Bodong town in Pennsylvania. And, damn it, I just loved it to death. I want to go back. But I want to go back so I can go apple picking. My best friend lives in Westchester and so like I was talking to her the other day and she's always talking about like and then like around this time of year we chit chat she's going apple picking or pumpkin patches and I know that she's going to some really cool shit and then I'm like well I'm just gonna sit in my 96 degree weather and sweat in fall until December so thanks yeah I just look forward to uh, I hope every Halloween here is overcast I just and when it is I get so excited and if it's not overcast, I can't wait till the sun goes down because then it really feels like Halloween. Yeah, but I think next year, I think we're gonna have to take another Strega field trip back east. Yeah, um, I want to. I want to see the colors. I want to be that yeah. annoying tourist that sees the colors, and I want to just experience fall. I, I really love it back east, though. But yeah, they have. Back east has a lot of other cool things that we don't have here, as far as like plants and flowers yeah. and things like different. that go. Different, so, just different. You know. Even just the herbs look different, and they even like carry certain herbs like at magic shops that you don't get out here because it's just hard to get. Right. Um. So it's definitely it's definitely awesome. The East Coast has stolen a little piece of my heart. Yes, absolutely. I, I think this like wraps up our Ask a Stray, our first Ask a Strega okay. of our podcast. So. I want to say thank you to everybody that wrote in and yes, wrote us questions. So and thank you to everybody that is listening and just giving us that support and like cheering us on as we drink wine and spirits and do witchy shit. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. And until next time, Mary Meet, Mary Part, and Mary Meet again. again.